Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. The title of my message today is Keeping Your Head When You Feel Like You're Losing Your Mind. How about that? Hopefully we don't have just a title. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your kindness and generosity to us. We truly are dependent on you, Lord, and we thank you for all of the things that you do in our lives on a daily basis, things that oftentimes we've grown accustomed to, your provision and your protection and your grace and your mercy, and forgive us, Lord, when we take these things for granted. Lord, we ask for your help today. We ask, Lord, for your thoughts to be my thoughts, and I thank you, Lord, for the things that you've put in my heart, and I pray that it would come across as you would want it to, and that it would impact the hearts and lives of each person that will hear today and in the days ahead. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. We depend on it greatly. In Jesus' name, amen. Keeping your head when you feel like you're losing your mind. How many of you have ever been in a position where you feel like you are going out of your mind? Or it felt like everything that should be working wasn't working anymore. Or everything that you had taken for granted was kind of falling apart around your feet and there wasn't, didn't, or there didn't seem to be any stable ground like you were accustomed to. There's been times when my mother has looked at me and said, have you lost your mind? Like it had already happened, you know. Most, mostly when I was a teenager probably, but maybe you've heard those words. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you're struggling or trying to keep up with the changes of the time and the conflicting messages of our time and feel like you can't make sense of it feel like you can't find a consistent pattern with what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to believe and even what you're supposed to do. I can go to, to uh, you know, this store and I don't have to wear a mask, but I can't go to this store because they require one. And should we, shouldn't we, what are we supposed to do? Is it right? Are we losing our liberties? All of the questions and then the emotions that's attached with it are, extremely strenuous, at least it has been for me. When it first started, all of the fear and anxiety and questions, nuances around the, the rhetoric that was coming across in such high speed rates every day or something new, something different, a new message, a new thought, I felt like I was going to lose my mind. It's like the world that we know, as we known it, had stopped being, and everything had changed. So I want to continue. If you would go with me, with um, Ephesians six twelve is where I'd like to begin uh, today, and I'm going to do my best to uh, read off of this f- small print. All right, Ephesians chapter six, 
In verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, where spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So the first thing that I want to help us to understand is, is that we are in a spiritual battle. Everything that comes at us every single day, regardless of where or what it is that we're going through, is attached to the heavenlies. The kingdom of God is within us when we give our life to Christ. Amen? So there's a spiritual warfare that we're engaged in because we're a believer in Jesus Christ. Everything about our journey is a warfare. A warfare of righteousness, of truth, of hope, of of becoming what God has destined us to be. And there's a fight and a battle to become what He's positioned or prepared for us to be. It's almost like that little chick that's, um, you know, it's, it's inside the egg and it's growing and maturing into what it's becoming. But there's coming a day when that spot is going to become broken. There's going to be a fight to come out of that shell and become a real live chicken and fulfill a chicken's destiny. Amen. One day you were in your mother's womb and you were very comfortable and happy very soft and cozy spot. No pressure, no stress. You could kick when you wanted to. You could just do your thing. But one day, that season of your life was going to be over, and you were going to be birthed into this earth. And the day that you were birthed into this earth, there was a whole lot of kicking, a whole lot of screaming, a whole lot of yelling, a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of anguish, and boom, you were here. We were here. We showed up. And all of a sudden, we realized that we had to breathe. Maybe we didn't realize it. It's just something that we have to do. But we knew our body was saying, you got to breathe now. you got to breathe now. And some of us didn't get it right away. You know, we were still trying to stay where we were, not so much breathing in our mother's womb. And the doctor had to, like, give us a little pop, right? And that little pop kind of sparked a reality in us. And we started to breathe. And from the day you started to breathe, you've been fighting for life. From the day you started to breathe, your life has been a challenge. It's been something to work for. You've had to grow. You've had to develop. You've had to become. You've had to change. You've had to process information. I watch our grandkids now, you know, processing information, little Rua that's sitting over there learning how to talk. All of a sudden, he's, he's turning thoughts and, and things that he's seeing and hearing and understanding into words. And, and just watching that is like a miracle. Watching him begin to communicate with words instead of just noises, you know. Uh, some of us still communicate with noises. Depends on what show we're watching. And so we grow and we enter this fight, and it's, a, and it's a spiritual fight. God has a plan for our life, a plan to prosper us and to do good to us and to save us. Amen? But we had to find Him. We had to come into agreement with Him. And so there's this whole array of things that have happened over our life where you would actually be in this room having considered God and allowed Him to become a part of your life. And it's been, a, it's been a battle to get here. It's been a battle to stay in that game, to stay in that fight. And I want to congratulate you for, for staying with it. 
in spite of all the, the, the battles and the fights and the things that are going on in your mind, you continue to move forward. So we we're, we're certainly need to understand and recognize and know and be aware continually that this battle that we're facing and that we feel each and every day is a spiritual battle. The fight is against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. It's a very real realm. It's not the only realm. It's a realm. And it's not the most powerful realm. God's realm, obviously, is above any other realm. And he is more powerful than the realm of darkness. And so this warfare is really a heavenly warfare. And we're in the midst of that warfare um, as we, you know, walk here on this earth, oftentimes we get angry or frustrated with the changing times like I described to you earlier. This is just one of, of hundreds of changing seasons that our, our world has been through over time and over history. We think it's the most relevant and the most impactful because it's happening to us right now. But we could go through history and find just dozens and dozens and hundreds and thousands of illustrations of the struggle that humanity has gone through since the beginning of time. It's a very real battle. It's very real for us now, and it'll be real for us in the future until Jesus comes. And so understanding what that battle is and who, who's the perpetrator of that battle is important. Not to be overcome with thoughts of, oh my gosh, there's this evil warfare that's taking place. We just have to understand what it's about, what's going on, and not let people be our enemy. What that darkness wants to do is it wants to turn you against people. It wants to convince you that people are your enemy so that we become divided as people. How much of what's going on in our nation right now and around the world could we look at and say, wow, that's, that's divisive. Wow, that's really trying to cause some division. Now that I think about it, that really has its roots in, in dividing people. A lot, isn't there? A lot. Everything that you see on the news right now is, is dividing and divisive and a potential to bring division and a separation between us. That's the enemy's plan. He wants to divide people. He wants us to take up a warfare against one another. God never intended us to be warring with one another. He, he understands, obviously, this battle is spiritual, and it's a kingdom of darkness that, that is causing and bringing all of this confusion about us. And so we need to make sure that we're not caught up in the mindset or the understanding or the feeling that Steve Bellier is my problem. Steve Bellier may have an issue with me, but he's not my problem. It's what the enemy is doing through that particular situation to bring division between two men of God. Happens between men of God and women of God, too. How many of you ever had a fight with somebody in the church? I didn't look. It happens because we're human and we're fighting this warfare and the enemy wants us to be divided. Remember our leadership team back in the day? We had issues on our leadership team at times. Why? Because we were humans. 
learning how to work together, learning how to think together, learning how to communicate what was on our heart, and then be able to listen and absorb that information, even if we didn't agree with it, even if it wasn't necessarily our opinion. And so there were times when we clashed, where we had conflict. There was times when I wanted to do something so bad and everybody else didn't. Like, what's wrong with you people? (laughs) Good idea, not the right time. So we learn to work together and we learn that the people around us are not our enemy. We learn that God has a plan and our job, our goal, is to find out what God's doing. One of my favorite phrases is that our job as a leader or our role as a leader is to empower people to become everything that God has destined them to be. A lot of times we get focused on what God has destined me to be and forget everybody else, right? Because we're human. We're really, we're really zoned in on taking care of ourselves first, <laughs> primarily, you know. When I was growing up, we had nine kids in our family. And my dad would fill his plate while we prayed. Or so he used to say. We got to get that before the nine start in on it. Because when we got done with it, there wasn't anything left. Trust me, it was all gone. But we all survived and managed. So Luke 22, I want to go there if you would with me to Luke chapter 22 and verse 47. There's a little story unfolding. The little story that's unfolding is one of the most amazing things that happened in all of creation, all of the universe, all of time, all of eternity. It was leading up to the, to the cross, really. It's Jesus and the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus had been preparing the disciples that he was going to die. He was going to go away. And they, they couldn't comprehend it. Their minds just couldn't. He had been doing such amazing stuff in their, their journey, in their region. He'd been healing people and restoring people. And their lives had totally changed. They, they had, had come out of darkness and they had come into light. And they were having an amazing experience walking with Jesus. And it's kind of like they were in that womb season. They were protected by Jesus being right next to them all the time. He was there. It was amazing. He was doing stuff that nobody else could do. He would touch a blind person's eyes and they would just come open. He would touch a a woman with an issue of blood that had been that way for years and nobody could do anything about it and she would be healed. He would speak truth that just blew their minds simple truth that they hadn't heard and and it was so so amazing to hear and to be able to understand it was so pure and so right and you could just hear those words come out of Jesus's mouth and everything made sense they were in that cocoon that womb that experience with him and and here they had heard the words things were going to change but but they weren't hearing the words and so the night when Jesus was going to be betrayed by Judas, one of their own. They were in the garden. And all of a sudden, these men came with their torches and their, their uh, anger and their, we're going to get you type of thing. 
We're going to arrest you. And Judas comes to Jesus to put a kiss on his cheek, which was the sign that they had agreed on that whomever he kissed would be the one that they would to, to arrest, like they didn't already know who he was. And Jesus said, really, Judas? You're going to betray me with a kiss? You know what I'm about. You know who I am. Really? What darkness has overcome? What darkness has entered your heart to where you could override truth that has been setting you free? The truth that was around you day in and day out. You saw everything that the other disciples saw. This truth that was setting you free or could set you free and you chose to walk away from truth that set you free. And Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Permit even this. And he touched his ear and he healed them. And Jesus said to the chief priests, the captains of the temple and the elders who had come to him, Have you come out as a, against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour this is your hour and the power of darkness. There it is. It's that power of darkness. The kingdom of darkness was bent on destroying Jesus, obviously. Bent on destroying him because they knew what was taking place. They knew that he was changing everything. They knew that lives were being transformed. They knew that truth was coming to reality. People were seeing truth. They were being set free. The religious system that they had, had cloaked themselves in was falling apart as the example of Jesus spread throughout their world. Bent on destroying Jesus. Bent on destroying that, that power and that authority in the earth that was being released on the earth. For so long it had just been religion. For so long it had just been a religious system that was bent on you know, providing rules and regulations and, and strict adherence to their interpretation and ideas of things, but no relationship, no, no heartfelt relationship. Forgiveness was, was just not a part of the journey. And so when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of God and he embodied the kingdom of God and he lived out the kingdom of God in front of them. He lived out the power of God in front of them, and it was impacting their lives, impacting them, impacting them, daily impacting them. They didn't understand everything, but it was such a powerful thing on the inside of them and around them that they couldn't deny it. But the important thing for us to realize in context of this, the mind games that the enemy plays with us is Jesus said to them, this is your hour and the power of darkness. In other words, you have come into agreement with the power of darkness. You have opened the door for the power of darkness to make this play on the earth. We have the right and the opportunity 
to partner with one of two entities, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. It's really our choice. They both have completely different results. They both have completely different outcomes. So the disciples started losing their minds in the midst of this this moment. They were saying to Jesus, "Do do we just go to battle here? Here, I got my sword. Do we go to battle? And before he could answer them, one of them just wung out and struck off the ear of the servant of the high priest. That wasn't God's plan, was it? Why? They switched from the kingdom of God and they switched from the spiritual battle to a physical battle. And when they cut off that ear, they entered into a fight against people. And they made that person the enemy. They made that person. They got their eyes on the wrong thing. And they did the wrong thing. See, the war wasn't against the people that were even bringing Jesus to this spot. The war was against what the kingdom of darkness was trying to do. The battle was against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. And they made it against. How many times have we started battling people because we were frustrated with what was going on? We needed somebody tangible to touch or to affect. How many times do we lash out at those that are closest to us because they're just there? Amen? It's got a name and a face. And we're tired of fighting this unknown thing. The darkness caused the religious leaders to push past their conscience and that kept them in line during the day when they were face to face with Jesus. They had to step over the obvious right choice and obey the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness that they had allowed in to govern their thoughts and their way. They had to step over the obvious I believe that oftentimes we have to step over the obvious right thing. We have to let our conscience be hardened so that we can lash out and do the things that probably our heart is telling us that we shouldn't do. They stepped over that line and they allowed themselves to become ambassadors or spokespersons partnering with the darkness that was bent on destroying the kingdom of God. 2 Chronicles 7.14 is a very powerful, you know, scripture that we're probably all fairly accustomed to. Um, It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. That's doing warfare against the kingdom of darkness, the spiritual powers and rulers of darkness. That's the way that we fight this war. Oftentimes when the confusion sets in and we don't know what to do, we're hearing so many things going on around us and the choices that we have to, you know, the things that we have to decide what to do, what not to do, um, are all around us. And we're having to make those changes, especially right now, we're having to make those changes a lot. 
and uh, make those decisions a lot. And so when those questions are swirling around, I know myself, I have to stop. I have to get by myself. I have to quiet my heart and I have to quiet my mind. And I have to invite Jesus into that moment. And I have to say, Lord, this is getting really crazy. I feel like everything is going nuts right now. And I feel like I'm losing my mind or I'm going to lose my mind. Help me. Sort things out. Maybe it's just the pressure of normal life that comes overwhelming. Maybe you have a business. Maybe you have a, a job that's challenging or, or, you know, it's not going well. And the pressure of family and the pressure of your job and the pressure of, of doing the right thing and, and following Jesus and all of those pressure things becomes overwhelming and you just feel like you're not keeping up. You feel like your head is going to explode. It's in those moments that we need to pull away, pull away to a quiet place and do what Second Chronicles 7.14 says, I pray. I pray. It's the most powerful weapon that you have, getting alone with Jesus and saying, Father, what do you want me to do? What do I need to be thinking right now? I am so mad at this particular situation. I am so angry with the way things are playing out. My heart is so frustrated with all of the challenges that I'm facing. Can you make sense for me of this moment? Because I feel like I'm going to make a really bad choice. I feel like my, my heart, the anger in my heart is going to come out in a very wrong way and I could potentially hurt some people right now. How much lashing out is going on over Facebook right now? It's easy. It's kind of like a platform that we've been given to just kind of push that button and send that message. And a monologue turns into a dialogue, turns into a fight. <laughs> turns into a war, turns into crazy, turns into, I wished I hadn't pushed send. And everybody's on edge. And if we're not careful, we get sucked into that vortex and we become spokesmen for the darkness without even realizing what we're doing. And we become one of those that are perpetuating division and divisiveness. Be careful, that's all. Be careful. And before you push sin, make sure that you've spent some time with Jesus. Make sure that you've come away, you know, alone with him so that when you push sin, it's orchestrated by him. He's given you a message. And it's clear. And it's going to bring life. And you're going to do it with God not on your own. Amen? Be careful. Your only sure way to keep your head is to stay in relationship and fellowship with Jesus. Stay close. Do not give valuable real estate in your head to the enemy. How many of you have given space to the enemy in your head? Let him get in there and start twisting things around. I have, have one of my sons I pray specifically for is an analyzer. You know, his mind is always going. He has a hard time falling asleep sometimes because his mind won't shut off. 
And I pray specifically over him every morning. I say, God, would you untangle the wiring of his mind today? Because as a dad, I feel that, that fight in him. Where it's not, it's not anything that he's done wrong. It's just simply the, the way his mind is wired, the way his, he's wired to do life. You know, it, interestingly enough, that wiring helps him to be an amazing media editor guy. And he's amazing at it. He's the details and the stuff that you'll never think that you see that makes an edited video really amazing. He's got the patience and the design for it. But the flip side of that design and that detail also won't let his mind stop at times. And his mind gets tangled and he has a hard time making decisions. And, and so my prayer for him, I, I can't talk him through it most of the time. But my prayer for him is, God, I know you can. I know how you can get into Austin's mind. I know how you can get into his head. And I know how you can take all of that confusion and you can turn it into order. Because God's a master at taking the things that are bringing confusion and dis, dis, division and distraction and, and chaos, and he can bring it into order. He just begins to speak those words into our, our hearts. He begins to remind us of his word. In those quiet times when we do pull away with him, he'll remind us of what his word says, and it's him speaking to us through his word, the truth that will set us free in that moment. And all of a sudden, the clarity will come. And you'll begin to make sense. The, the things, the decisions that you have to make sense, the decisions that you have to make will begin to make sense. God has a plan for us, even in the midst of where we're at right now. He's got an amazing plan, and you're a part of it. He's got a word to speak through you. He's got a life to live through you. You've got influence in this region that's uniquely specific to who you are. Your assignment in this region is amazing and powerful. It's specific to who you are. And God wants to work through you to do the amazing things that he did while he was on this earth. Don't allow the, the times, we'll just say that, don't allow the times to distract you away from the mission and the plan that God has established for your life. Don't stop being the amazing person that God has created you to be. Don't stop speaking the amazing life that comes from his word that he releases you to share. Don't get caught up. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in the rhetoric of the day, but in your quiet time with him, get a fresh word for that day. Get a fresh word for that day or for that week and just speak that. I know everything's going on around us, but this is what God told me to share for this week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these amazing people. I just thank you, Father, as they're released into this, this uh, journey that they're on. I pray, Lord, that their minds would be awakened, their hearts would be um, on fire for the kingdom. And God, that you would help them to process through these difficult um, times that we're in right now. Untangle the wiring of our mind, Jesus. Help us to think clearly. Help us not to partner with the enemy. Help us to become everything that you've destined us to be and do it.
in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless. Thank you.